0: Hello, friends. Thank you for being here. I hope this finds you in good health and secure. We are continuing with the chapter <clears throat> on the former affairs of Bodhisattva Medicine King. And I think uh, so far, I think it's become obvious. If not, let me restate it that Bodhisattva Medicine King is a A personification of great dedication, will, volition, steadfastness, uh, a depth of determination, uh, an adamantine determination for enlightenment. Yeah? Uh, What else are we talking about with Buddhism? Everything serves the goal of awakening the the mind. Why do we have to be so adamantine, to use that word again? Well, very simple. Our constant, from, from the day, from the moments we joined the life manufacturing activity in the womb. Every thought, every impulse, every instinct, if you will, built into our every atom was to instantiate from potential. And that instantiation certainly in our universe, is a physical one, isn't it? Yes, to be sure, we instantiate thoughts and dreams and uh, emotions and all of that stuff, but that's really a removed process from the initial physical one. All of those others are emergent properties, like the mind. And that mind, as it emerges is built on those physical instantiations. So, you know, when we talk about earthly desires, we're really talking about our hardcore, moment-to-moment programming of our mind on data collection, identification, discriminations. So is it any wonder that it's really 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 difficult to reprogram that to to say okay that's all well and good but that's not all of it that's just the aspect of it important though it is the physical aspect of it to provide the apparatus this entire cosmos of the universe and the human Species, thing, apparatus. It's all the same apparatus. But this focused, concentrated set that is a human just for one purpose to feed, to house, to protect, to defend, to procreate, all in service to one purpose. the the mind, the observer, the witness to this incalculably unfathomable, immense process as inconceivably huge as it is also in the most minute (laughs) shall I use it? grain of sand of the Ganges River, (laughs) and much, much smaller, same process. What? Yeah. So to open that eye, to open that window, to open that witness of perception in this amazing mind that we have, Well, it requires enough effort to push down the constant preoccupation, the attention, the monkey mind of stuff. Samsara. This isn't Samsara. This isn't Samsara. The amount to which I've convinced myself that it's essential, lovely, tastes good, and I love the warmth of it and all of those sensations from this. The way my mind captures that, that's samsara. Not that. It's all about the mind. That's where Buddhism lives in the mind. I don't want to lose my wonderful coffee. I just want to lose my constant yakking monkeys going, coffee, 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 coffee. This is the brilliance of and He gives us a mandala, which contains the concepts of all of the ultimate teachings of Shakyamuni about the Dharma. It's not words. Words are used to get us to look. Look over here, away from the monkeys. <gasps> that gohonzon mind, that portal, that screen door, whatever you want to call it. To open, like an eye, our Buddha consciousness, which is limitless. The Buddha consciousness is all of consciousness, not just the portal that this body has. That's the job of the skandhas, yeah? But the Buddha eye is the all-knowing perception, the flow of the momentum of the engine of life. Let me know if you have a problem Getting or affording uh, Buddhism reference books because it's important to know what these terms mean, and I'll find a way to make sure you get one. Mm-hmm. They're available as ebooks on ThreefoldRoads.com. but even so, you, know, you may need assistance, and I definitely, my whole purpose in life is to assist you. All right, so. What is Medicine King about? Why is it called Medicine King? Because from very early teachings, we know that this samseric state that keeps us constantly hooked in with the monkey mind to the physical universe, it's not bad, but it is the source of where we have perturbances that causes suffering and anxiety and attachment problems. So negate that samsaric mindset, have everything all the time, but see it anew as a moment-to-moment process and momentum. Be with it, be engaged fully with it. Now you have everything in its living moments. How much more incredible would that be? hard to hang on to, which is why we have to continuously train our minds to stay there, because we immediately go, samsara, right? So Nitran gave us a mandala to focus our minds with our skandhas. What a brilliant trick. This is what Nitran means when he means earthly desires are enlightenment, because we can use our fascination, our samsaric obsession, and turn it in on itself. Because when we chant, we're alert. We're using our mind consciousnesses. We're making sound, using our tongue, our voices. So we're using those consciousnesses. We're hearing ourselves to make sure we're pronouncing correctly, also activating our mind, going, am I saying that right, am I saying that right, am I saying that right? Hmm? Invoking Buddha as we stare at our mandala, and if you need a point to stare at, miao those two characters, potential instantiation, potential instantiation, right? On threefoldlaws.com, I have a um, a little cheat sheet. Where I take apart each character,, and I give you a little partial sentence with each one. If you need something to get you started, to start considering what am I doing as I'm saying these sounds, invoking this Buddha, what is that? And that you let go of that too, obviously. And what is that doing? That's occupying every consciousness. That you have and distracting it from Samsara so that the monkeys going, think about painting the garage. What about your car payment? What about your job? What about that dickhead that and your namo myoho renge kyo and the monkeys are fading? You don't hear them anymore. Right? right? I did that video, uh, presence at the Butsadan, giving you a visual kind of space to put yourself in as you're about to do this. Right? I get questions all the time. What should I be thinking when I'm chanting? How do I stop the monkey mind? Well, the problem is that's what you're thinking about. That's samsara. You get the hell out of there. So I understand that's easier said than done. So I've given you tools to help you understand, to help you see a path. Put yourself in a different mindset. Allow yourself to engage with the invocation. That should be your only goal in daimoku or, or gongyo. Not to fix stuff, not to get stuff. That's samsara. Anyone who tells you that doesn't understand Buddhism at all. The only goal of Buddhism is Buddha get that buddha engagement everything else takes care of itself it's all illusory anyway and full circle i'm coming back to those illusions to a buddhist is a sickness it's a sickness it's like that annoying cough that won't go away so what do you do when you have a sickness you have to find the best medicine And in the case of Medicine King, Medicine King is an example of determination. Ah. You see, this is how all of Buddhism is captured. This is how it was taught, orally. Like I'm talking to you right now. And then at some point, hundreds of years later, People heard these sermons over and over and over again and captured them in different languages for their their bosses, their landowners, themselves. And people took it upon themselves to collect these teachings so they could spread them far and wide. Maybe they didn't have the greatest memory to be able to memorize these sermons. Some of them are a bit long. So writing them down was the most efficient way. And this is the history of Buddhism and the scholars along the way who have, well, this guy didn't really, or she thought she was writing down, but this isn't completely accurate. Let's, of all the writings that have been done on these sermons, Let's distill them to the ones that sound like, yeah, that actually sounds like a, a teaching of Shakyamuni. And this over here, it's great for making meringue pie, but it doesn't sound like Shakyamuni, right? And this is how Buddhism gets to us today. And here we are, clearing it up once again. As Shakyamuni said, these teachings should be taught in whatever the vernacular is of where the people will be trying to understand and practice it. Because if it doesn't relate to the person who's trying to practice it, then what good is it? That's why today, in our era, Buddhism is a very singular practice. It's shared singular That's what the Sangha is for, for us to compare notes and talk to each other. But even out of the most synergistic meeting, each individual will have a spark of insight that some may share, some may not. But what's important is that each individual is on the path. The path is singular. Once again, I remind you, the goal is Buddha not wealth, not, right? What are we trying to heal? So medicine king, that's what medicine king is about. Not burning our bodies, but being so committed that our attachment, our samsaric attachment to body, which is not just hands, fingers, feet, our body is the cosmos itself. Yeah, that's huge. But it's not about the body and the cosmos. It's about the monkeys, the samsera of mind that keeps us constantly focused on that instead of the whole picture all the time in each moment. The process itself, the engine of it. Life, that's life. Hmm? Okay. At that time, the Bodhisattvas influences, men, Ashuras, others, seeing that he was without an arm, grieved and mourned. They saw Medicine King had burned away an arm. Well, this is a figurative story. It's about the level of his determination, not burning an arm, but if other people perceive his determination to be that strong, what would be their impression? And they said, this bodhisattva seen with joy by all living beings is our master. If he has that level of determination, we have much to learn from him. That's what that means. Not let's all burn our arms, right? The one who has taught and converted us Yet, now he has burned his forearm, his body is lacking something. Oh, man. Samsara, right? At that time, the Bodhisattva, seen with joy by all living beings in the midst of the great multitude, took this oath, and he said this, I have thrown away both arms. May I now, without fail, gain the Buddha's gold-colored body, the radiance of enlightenment. If this oath is reality and not vanity, if it's not about my body, but about my enlightenment, then may both my arms be restored as before. This story sound familiar? I remember growing up as a small child in a very Catholic community in uh, French, Canada. <laughs> I was a French Canadian, still am, uh, but very old Catholic community, you know. And learned and heard about uh, special churches uh, either there in uh, Quebec or Canada or in Europe where people would make sojourn to go and pray for their ailments and all of that. And heard stories like this, right? And there's jokes about it. People joke about it because it's it's such magical thinking. And it's not the problem that these are creative stories. The problem is that people take them literally and believe in that magical sense. What they fail to understand, as in Buddhism, is that it's not about magical thinking. It's about the way the mind conceives, the attitude. When he had taken this oath, they were both restored of themselves, an achievement due to the purity of his Bodhisattva's merit and wisdom. See, Buddhism doesn't mess around. It doesn't say this was because of his, his, belief, his faith. Oh, and God gave him his arms back. No. It very clearly says this is an achievement due to the purity of his bodhisattva's merit and wisdom, the conviction and the knowledge of his. What's Buddha wisdom? the acceptance and understanding of the engine of life. His conviction, his attitude and intent, secure, solid. It's not about the arms being there or not. It's about the determination being steadfast, not shaken. At that time, the thousand million fold world trembled in six ways. The gods rained down jeweled flowers and all men and gods gained something they had never had before. The strength of knowledge, the strength of witnessing. Wow, that's what this kind of determination can f- be like. Hmm? The Buddha demanded of the Bodhisattva be flowered by the king of constellation. In your thinking, how is it? Can the Bodhisattva seen with joy by all living beings possibly have been anyone else? He was none other than the present Bodhisattva medicine king. What's the medicine king? The medicine is myoho the king of achieving that Buddha mind, awareness, knowing, knowledge, wisdom, whatever words you want to attach to it, this is the ultimate goal. Gifts of his own body, such as this one, number in the incalculable hundreds of thousands of myriads of millions of Nayutas. Now, this is profound. Because as you know from modern science, every single cell, the billions and billions of cells in your body are remanufactured constantly. And the estimate is that within seven years, those that reconstitute day to day and those that take months, by the time you've gone a lifespan of seven years, you've replaced every single cell in your body. You are physically not the same person that you were. Yeah, we don't watch that. We don't go, oh, there goes a cell on the back of my hand and here comes a new one to replace it. <laughs> cool. No, we can't see with our skandhas that profoundly, that deeply. We don't have electron microscope for eyeballs. But should we? Do we need to have that? Or can knowing that be sufficient? Mm. Oh, be flowered by the king of constellations if there is one who, opening up his thought, wishes to attain anuttara samyaksambodai, perfect and complete enlightenment, if he can burn a finger or even a toe as an offering to a Buddha, stupa, he shall exceed one who uses realm or walled city, wife or children, or even all the lands, mountains, forests, rivers, ponds, and sundry precious objects in the whole thousand million fold world as offerings. Right? Because then you're just offering physical stuff here, take this guitar, give me Buddha. No. You have to commit. You have to commit to the level of detaching yourself from your own beloved body to be in the mind of Buddha. Because this ain't Buddha. It's precious. But again, it's about our attitude and intent. What? How? Why are these fingers precious? Because they're ours? Because we can... pick up a sandwich? Right? It's because our mind, our samsara mind, is constantly obsessed with the length of my fingernails and the color of my skin and blah, 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 blah. If you can mentally which is where Buddhism takes place, simply divorce yourself of all your physical concerns and focus on your mind's buddhaness, you've done it. I'm taking some time with this one because this is a very historically misunderstood chapter of the Lotus Sutra. But it is a very clear teaching of what it is like to experience the dharma of buddhaness. In fact, it's so much that, that when we experience buddhaness, it's no longer the dharma. The dharma, the the word dharma, the concept dharma, no longer necessary. Because now you're in it. This is when you read, there, there are no dharmas. You know, well, what have you been teaching me all this time? About getting to the experience, right? The experience, you can talk about experience all day long, but until you actually experience, then talking about the experience is of no value. You're having it. Follow? If again there is a man who offers a thousand million fold world full of seven jewels to Buddhas, great Bodhisattvas, Prataka Buddhas, the Arahants, the merit gained by him shall not match that of one who holds this scripture of the Dharma blossom, so much as a single four-foot gatha, for the latter's merit shall be the greatest." Invoke your Ness. That's what that says. Oh, beflowered by the king of constellation, just as, for example, among all streams, rivers, and bodies of water, the sea is first. This scripture of the Dharma Blossom, also in the same way, is the deepest and greatest among the scriptures preached by the thus-come-one. Also just as among Earth Mountain, Black Mountain, the Lesser Mountain, the Iron Rim, the Great Mountain, Iron Rim, the Mountain of the Ten Jewels, and the whole multitude of mountains. (laughs) Mount Sumeru is the first. This scripture of the Dharma Blossom also, in the same way, is supreme among the scriptures. All the teachings I have taught I am teaching and will teach. Remember that? Further, just as among a multitude of stars, the moon, child of the gods, is first. This scripture of the Dharma Blossom, also in the same way, is the brightest among the thousand myriads of millions of kinds of scriptural dharmas. Further, just as the sun, child of the gods, can clear away all darkness, this scripture also is the same way can demolish the obscurities of all kinds of unwholesomeness what is unwholesomeness in buddhism right it's not good or bad behavior it's not all the rules of society it's not right unwholesomeness is anything distracting you from buddha it's really it's really simple folks Further, just as among lesser kings, the wheel-turning sage king is first. This scripture also, in the same way, is the most honorable among a multitude of scriptures, just as the divine sakra is king amongst the 33 gods, this scripture also is the same way, is king among scriptures. Further, just as the great god King Brahma is father of all living beings, This scripture also, in the same way, is father of all saints and sages, of all learners, and of all those having nothing more to learn, and of all those who have launched bodhisattva thought. Further, just as among all ordinary fellows, the srota apana, the skardagamin, the anagamin, The Arahant and the Pratyaka Buddha are first. This scripture also, in the same way, is first and foremost among all scriptural dharmas, whether preached by the Thus Come One or preached by Bodhisattvas or preached by voice hearers. If anyone can accept and hold this scriptural canon, he, too, or she, in the same way shall be first among all living beings. Among all voice hearers and Pratyaka Buddhas, the Bodhisattva is first. And this scripture, too, in the same way, is first and foremost among all scriptural dharmas. Just as the Buddha is the king of the dharmas, this scripture is also, in the same way, the king of the scriptures. Pretty consistent theme here. And we can also see where Nichiren gets his constant... uh, What's the word? Um, He reminds us constantly in his writings... To be resolved, to be determined, to be single minded. Hmm? Oh, beflowered by the King of Consolations, this scripture can save all living beings. This scripture can enable all living beings to separate themselves from pain and torment, to separate themselves from samsaric thinking. Hmm? This scripture can greatly benefit all living beings fulfilling their desires not by being a wish-granting genie but by simply eliminating their attachments and then discovering in the engagement of life as it goes that everything's there. There's no need to need. Like a clear, cool pond, it can slay the thirst of all. I'm thirsty, I'm thirsty, I'm thirsty. Oh, I'm in water. I'm in quenching. Oh. As a a chilled person finds fire, as a naked person finds clothing, as a merchant finds a chief. Hmm. As a child finds its mother, as a passenger finds a ship, as a sick person finds a physician, as darkness finds a torch, as a poor person finds a jewel, as the people find a king, as commercial travelers find the sea, as a candle dispels darkness, this scripture of the Dharma Blossom also, in the same way, can enable the beings to separate themselves from all woes from all sickness and pain and can lose all the bonds or loose all the bonds of the cycle of birth and death. The physical attachments, the attachments to the physical, I should say. If a man contrives to hear this scripture of the Dharma Blossom and if he writes it down himself or causes another to write it, then no limit can be found to the merit he shall obtain, even if its quantity be measured with Buddha wisdom. Now, I'll I'll say for a moment, I've read that and said that several times, where you either write it down, copy it, or cause somebody else to write it down or copy it. That would be referenced to, well, more specifically, as we found in the last couple of decades, in the area of northeastern India, a bastion of Buddhist scholarship, in the Gandhara, what used to be the Gandhara region, right there were wealthy or people with some wealth hiring scribes to write down these teachings who then folded up the teachings and put them in large clay pots and buried them in the ground. so that the teachings would not be lost to future generations. There's been this kind of a paranoia about the teachings since day one, right? So this reference here, the person who hired the scribe is given the same merit as the scribe themselves. There it is. Either copied it, wrote it down, or caused, or had motivated someone else to do so for them. If having written down this scriptural role, he makes offerings with floral scents, necklaces, burned incense, powdered incense, perfume, paint, banners, parasols, sundry offerings. It goes on and on and on and on. The merit he gains shall also be incalculable. So we do this at our altar, don't we? With incense, candles, excuse me, water. We're making these offerings to Myoho Renge Buddha-ness, of which we are then about to partake ourselves. Oh, be flowered by the king of constellations, if a man hears this chapter of the former affairs of the Bodhisattva Medicine King, he shall also gain incalculable limitless merit. If a woman hearing this chapter of the former affairs of the Bodhisattva Medicine King can accept and keep it, she shall put an end to her female body and shall never again receive one. Again, that's a political weirdness, but if we just grasp the meaning from that statement, none of us should begrudge our body because by opening our mind, our consciousness of Buddha, sex has no bearing. Life is life. If after the extinction of the Thus Come One, within the last 500 years, there is a woman who, hearing this scriptural canon, practices it as preached, at the end of this life she shall straightway go to the world sphere comfortable to the dwelling place of the Buddha Amiteos, where he is surrounded by a multitude of great bodhisattvas, there to be reborn on a jeweled throne among lotus blossoms, never again to be tormented by greed... Never again to be tormented by anger or folly. Never again to be tormented by pride, envy, or other defilements. This applies to men and women, doesn't it? But he's saying specifically to women because he wants them to understand there's no difference. But he shall, he shall gain the Bodhisattva's supernatural penetrations, his acceptance of the principle of unborn dharmas. So suddenly she became a he, because it doesn't make any difference. When he has attained this acceptance, the faculty of his eye shall be pure. With this pure ocular fa- faculty, he shall see Buddhas. Thus come ones, equal in number to the sands of 700, 2,000 millions of nayutas of Ganges rivers. What did we read about Bodhisattva never despising or disparaging? We need to see everyone as Buddha. Not that they are exhibiting that wisdom at the moment, but with a little guidance, any sentient mind, any living being, can experience Buddha. So why not start out by assuming so? Doesn't that change the way we interact? Not only with others, but our environment. And that's to say, as the environment is a reflection of our self, we see ourselves differently. This is why the bodhisattva path is so powerful. This is why it's complete. At that time, the Buddhas shall together praise him from afar, saying, Excellent, excellent, good man, you have been able within the Dharma of Shakyamuni Buddha to receive and hold, to read and recite, and to think on this scripture, as well as to preach it to others. The merit you have obtained is incalculable and limitless, such as fire cannot burn nor water carry off. Your merits are such that a thousand Buddhas, speaking of them together, could not exhaust them. You have now already proved able to smash Mara's assorted rabble to destroy the army of birth and death. The cycle, the attachment, the samsaric attachment. The remaining enemies you have completely annihilated. Good man, a hundred thousand Buddhas with their power of supernatural penetration shall together protect you. Among the gods and men in all the worlds, there is none like you, save only the thus come one. Among voice hearers and Pratyaka Buddhas, yes, and bodhisattvas too, for wisdom and dhyana concentration, there is none equal to you. Oh, be flowered by the king of constellations, such was the force of merit and wisdom achieved by this bodhisattva. simply based on his determination, Hmm? single-mindedly seeking Buddha. If there is a man who, hearing this chapter of the former affairs of the Bodhisattva medicine king, can rejoice appropriately and praise it as good, this man in the present age shall ever exhale from his mouth the fragrance of pure lotus, from his pores the scent of oxhead kandana, and the merits he obtains shall be just as stated for this reason oblily flowered by the king of constellation i entrust this chapter of the former affairs of the bodhisattva Medi- medicine king to you after my passage into extinction within the last 500 years broadly proclaimed and propagated in jampudvipa never allowing it to be cut off nor evil mara's people or gods, dragons, yakshas, kambadas, and the like, to get better of it. So there's that exhortation again. Don't lose this teaching. Oh, be flowered by the king of constellations. With the power of supernatural penetration, you are to protect this teaching. What is the reason? This scripture, for the people of Jampudvipa is a good psychic for their sicknesses. Physic, physic for their sicknesses. Medicine. If a man has an illness and can hear this scripture, the illness shall immediately vanish. He shall neither grow old nor die. O oh, be flowered by the king of constellation, if you see that there is anyone who accepts and holds this scripture, then you must heap powdered incense in a green lotus blossom and scatter it on top of him as an offering. Then, having scattered it, Say to yourself, this man in no long time shall without fail take grass, sit on the platform of the way after spreading the grass over its surface and smash the armies of Mara. All of the distracting influences of the physical world, right? The monkeys, he shall blow the conch of the Dharma, beat the drum of the Dharma, and ferry all beings over the sea of birth, old age, sickness, and death. The cycle of birth and death. For this reason, when one seeking the, the path sees that there is a person who accepts and keeps this scriptural canon, he is to produce in this way a thought of humble reverence. Namo What was I going to say? I was going to point something out. Yeah, you'll notice in Buddhism, this birth, death, birth, death, birth, death thing. Notice that death is not the opposite of life. Death is the other side of birth. It's constantly think of a computer. one zero one zero one zero one zero one zero. It's the bit. But life contains all bits. Life is the universe. So there's a lot of misspoken dialogue about looking for life on other planets, for instance. You've heard me say this before. Well, life is the other planets. What we're looking for is something, again, of our obsession of self, bodily self. Is there something like us out there? That's a whole different question, isn't it? Think about that for a moment. All right. About to finish here. When this chapter of the former affairs of the Bodhisattva Medicine King was preached, 84,000 Bodhisattvas attained the Dharani, enabling them to understand the speech of all living beings. And that thus come one many jewels, remember him from the treasure tower, within the jeweled stupa, Praise the Bodhisattva, be flowered by the King of Constellations, saying, Excellent, excellent, O, oh, be flowered by the King of Constellations. It is because you have achieved merits beyond reckoning and disgust that you are able to question Shakyamuni Buddha about such matters as these and to benefit the incalculably totality of living beings. Namo Amida Next is chapter 24, the Bodhisattva fine sounds, or eloquent sounds. I've heard it called different things. But this Medicine King chapter, always one I like to spend a little time on because, again, as I said, in, in, throughout history, it has been greatly misunderstood. But really, if you take it apart, really pay attention to the way Shakyamuni teaches, no different than any other, chapter or sutra really the meaning is quite obvious thank you, thank you for listening if you've gone this far Namo thank you for supporting this effort, this resource don't forget all the free stuff the podcast, the information on threefoldlotus.com like and subscribe it's a Bodhisattva act helps to grow the Sangha if you can, and you uh, certainly can make use of ebooks or print books or mandala, please do so. It also is a great support for this effort, this resource. And those patrons, well, through Patreon or directly through PayPal, I can't express the gratitude for myself, for this resource, and for all of us who partake of the fruit of your donations thank you and as always take care of your health please keep your practice strong i will see you in the next one bye for now